0: You didn't speak any English. It's tough for any age from 13 to 18, I think. It's definitely a time where you feel very isolated.
1: You're listening to the podcast Stories of the Vietnamese Boat People. I'm Tracy Nguyen-Ming, and welcome back. In late January, a friend and I were roaming around Alphabet City of Manhattan. We happened to stumble upon an intimate chic restaurant called Vang Da, located on 4th Street and Avenue B. Judging by its name, I thought this had to be a Vietnamese restaurant. As I sat down with the menu, my eyes and heart suddenly lit up. They had bun bao on the menu. You have no idea how much I love bun bao, and it's almost impossible to find it on the menu at Vietnamese restaurants in New York City. Bun bao is a small, soft, and chewy rice cake. It's steamed and typically topped with dried shrimp, scallions, chili slices, and topped with fish sauce. When the bun bèo came out, it was served in these tiny ceramic dishes in which they were steamed, just the way you would get it in the city of Hue of Vietnam. This restaurant had me at bun bèo. I had to ask who the owner was. I was born
0: in Dalat, and you know Dalat is a small town. It's a very small town that people come there for vacation and it's a honeymoon town him. Ying
1: is number 11 of 12 kids. There were six boys and six girls in her family. She left Vietnam in 1980 when she was just 13 years old. And while most people who've lived through what she has may only feel sadness when they think of the past, Ying is the one that remembers the positive things. I was quite a happy-go-lucky person.
0: I don't remember a lot of misery, even though we were in a really miserable time. Before the fall of Saigon, life was great.
1: For me anyway, I was a kid. Ying's parents provided a comfortable life for the children. Both parents grew up very modestly in different orphanages. My mom was working for the nun in the kitchen. And my dad is
0: working for the priest, you know, take care of their horse, take care of the lawn. So they really do hard work. And they met, and they fall in love, and they have a family with nothing, and they actually build everything on their own. So at the time I growing up, we have a bookstore and in Dalai, and was quite popular. The, the crazy thing is my mom, who is illiterate, she doesn't read. She doesn't write. Uh, she didn't get to go to school, but she's a business person. After the fall of Saigon, we moved to Hoc Mon. Hoc Mon is, I think, maybe ten miles south of Saigon. So we're not in the city, but we're in the suburban. So we moved to Hoc Mon because my older sister become very successful businessmen. And my family went all of us together. So we go there and we live with her. There was a lot of suffering after the communists come, but we wasn't affected for a few reasons.
1: Ying's oldest sister had been married for several years before the fall of Saigon. Her sister didn't know it at the time, but her husband was the son of a young revolutionary leader who had fought next to Ho Chi Minh. He had died in the earlier years of the war.
0: 30 years before, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And we didn't even know about it. I think he didn't even know about it because his mom kept it very quiet. So we were all shocked. So it wasn't something we actually had that knowledge before. Basically, we are untouchable. So we are just part of those few people that let Lots of people who lose everything. You know, you know, at that time we have
1: ration, right? But we didn't have to do that. I asked Ying at that age if she understood that the country was about to change. You know,
0: I was like 10, 11. I mean, what do I know, right? I just know that when I come home, my sister and my parents would be like, oh my God, they are doing this now. Or they they try to brainwash you. So I need to have a distinction between acting differently from home and going to school and singing about Ho Chi Minh. But to tell the truth, I mean, you know, you don't, you just kind of see the the difference. It, but it's really didn't affect us in the way that we are hungry or we we
1: have to do labor work. But Ying's family definitely had endured loss and separation because of the war. Two of her older brothers were soldiers for South Vietnam and died. Two of her older sisters had left Vietnam right before the fall of Saigon. My family is
0: interesting because even though my mom and dad are orphanage and they never go to school, they want to make sure that we all have an education all of my siblings except me have gone to school and excel in everything. You know, I don't know if you know, but in Vietnam, the grading system is never A, B, C, D. It's you either first of the class or you second or you last of the class. It's ranking. It's ranking. It's a terrible way because only three are knowledge. First, second and third. If you 8 you're still not that great. If you are hungry, oh wait my god, forget <laughs> it, right? Well my sibling, they all first or second. It's unbelievable. By the time I came out, like I say I was quite, you know, happy go lucky. The best I did was like number eight. So anyway, because we are such high achiever, my sister didn't think there's a future for us in Vietnam she thought if we have stayed we might be okay just because of her husband's influence but the thing is make us leave because you have no idea what's going to happen it's always the unknown it's always like what's going to happen it's it's like so unstable so my sister went to college graduated first of her class and she was study in pharmacists and when she got out she realized that the fertilizer industry in Vietnam is very poor so she opened a factory that create all this fertilizer that are chemical it's an instant hit I remember there would be like the street full of trucks just waiting to get to get the products every day and we keep expanding and
1: expanding. Ying and I discuss that perhaps one of the reasons why her sister's fertilizer business was so successful is because so much of Vietnam's land had been destroyed during the war. Prior to 1975, much of Vietnam's fertilizer was imported. But after the war, there was little importing and exporting. Vietnam was in desperate need of rebuilding its agriculture
0: I don't know who started it. I cannot say it's her, I do not know, but she's definitely a pioneer. She's the one with the idea that we all should leave. She never know when they're going to shut it down, you know what I mean? So that's why she always had plan B and leaving is plan B. So she did not want us to go by boat because one is the rest, two is illegal. So. At that time, there are people who can leave legally. How can we do that legally, right? And, you know, it was such a corrupt country at the time that as long as you have money, maybe something would work. Her husband helped. We find the right person to buy French citizenship. So I remember one day we all went to the French embassy and take pictures for our passport. All the kids and my parents, she said she spent almost all of her fortune. And then one day I went to school and come home and the house looked like someone dead. And I was like, what happened and what's going on? And it turned out that there was a leak and someone else knew, no. And that person also won
1: money. Not only were their passports taken away, but Ying's sister had to also pay the government official in order to not have their family reported.
0: She's, you know, always keep enough money just at a. You know, back up, and it's enough for us to go as a bold person, and that's how we have to do it. So we decided that me and my three oldest brother go first, and we had to go. We have to stagger because we just want to make sure that we don't all die or we don't all get caught and go to prison and we don't have anyone from the outside to help us. So they decided to go like three, four different sections. And they thought the best is the youngest kids. Why? I think because the the society doesn't miss the kids. They're gonna miss my sisters. It's only like, oh, they're not in school.
1: Ying's sister and parents did not tell her that the plan was for her to flee the country by boat with her three brothers.
0: Oh, Ian get changed. We're going to go to this uh, town and you know where there's the ocean, right? Vũng Tàu. For vacation, I'm like, on oh, Wednesday? How about school tomorrow? Like, oh, don't worry about it. And I'm like, oh, great. So we would go there and we stay with my cousin. And what happened is when we went there, the boat supposed to be the boat didn't happen. You know what? My sister is so brilliant, and she gets scammed. Also, you know, it's very hard to not get scammed because it's a hush-hush
1: thing. Yeah, people were taking advantage.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you hear from this person, you hear from this person, you know what I mean? And also there's a closed operation of a few
1: people. But that did not discourage Ying's sister from trying again. And the
0: third time, it was Nha Tran that worked. I remember getting awakened at like midnight and go on a sit or whatever and get to the beach. And when we get there, do you know this big round bamboo basket? So we go in the basket and they close it and then they be on the top and they, they bring us to a bigger boat. My younger brother is six and my two older brother, one is like 18 and one is like
1: 16. From the small bamboo boat, Ying and her brothers were transferred to a bigger boat, about 30 feet long, where there were also 18 other people already on board. From that boat, they went further into the sea and met up with two other boats. Then they all consolidated onto another boat. And the total is 50 people. The
0: first week of the trip I remember very little bit because I was so motion sickness and all I did was just keep throw up and sleep and I remember I sleep for three days in a row I only get woken up because they need me to move over for someone to you know what I mean the reason you get sick is because the combination of smell and the gasoline because the engine is inside that like the smoke is inside and you just breathe that in. And then the boat is so small, the motion is unbelievable. I remember like, if I don't sleep, I would just throw up. And I don't even know how I throw up because I don't eat anything. Every morning, every day, they would let us go out. So that way we can get some sun and some light. When it gets darker, we all go inside because they don't want us to be fall off. I think nobody knows what the plan is. I think on the 4th or the 5th day, that's when we realized that we would not get picked up. And also, they run out, all the food. On the 7th day, there's a big storm, everyone's panicking. It was raining and there was all the people in the boat, they lose their hope. There's no food, there's very little water, no one pick us up, are we dying at the ocean, trying to find our way back to Vietnam, which is not a chance that we will make it back because we don't have enough gas. I only can read and see people's faces because sometimes you can't even hear anything. The ocean is very loud. But we spot a very big ship and we haven't spot one for a long time. So we get closer and closer and and when we get closer, I said, guys, this is a Russian ship, look at the letters. And they're like, well, do you speak Russian? You know, I'm like, no, but you know, look at the ORs, backward. I mean, we we're in school, and we saw all these Russian movies, you know, in Vietnam. So I'm like, I'm sure this is Russian. And they're like, it doesn't matter. We're just gonna die here. If they take us back, at least we'll be alive. There's a few leaders in the boat. He said, listen, guys, this is kind of our last chance. We are gonna go near the boat, the, the big ship, and we're all going to jump. We try to make people know that we jump, and they would just have to help us. There's many people like, no way, I'm not jumping in this dark ocean. So when we get closer, and then everybody jump. Did you jump? Yes. I blank out of what happened. I think I'm so scared. I don't know what happened, but the next thing I know, I was on the ship.
1: The crew on that ship reacted immediately and rescued all the refugees and brought them on board. Once they were on board, it was confirmed. They were on a Soviet Union ship. After the Vietnam War, the Soviet Union continued as one of Vietnam's strongest communist allies. Everyone was now scared that they would be brought back to Vietnam and imprisoned.
0: And we surrounded with all these old people And they're scientists, and they are doing research. And they were like, we're not bringing you back. Don't worry. We are going to give you food and gas, and we tell you where the next land is.
1: Wow, you got lucky.
0: Very lucky. That's the turning point of the trip. They let us back to our boat, and then we get to the Philippines, like, within one day.
1: The refugees had landed in one of the small islands surrounding Palawan Island of the Philippines. They stayed there for about a week and then they were transferred to an airport several hours away and from there they were flown to an established refugee processing center.
0: I'm a little bit of uh, a weirdo because oh. I like the refugee camp.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you might be the only person I've
0: interviewed. Well I have so many friends there and there's no school and it's, every day there's a play in there. I, I don't know. I'm one of the people who never really see suffering in things. I always see, like, really positive things.
1: They waited eight months until finally their sisters who lived in Washington, D.C., were able to sponsor them to come to America.
0: And when we get to America, the next day, my sister took us to the grocery store. And I was like, oh, my God, no one steal anything. Look at all this food. It's <laughs> orderly? Exactly. I saw newspaper, people just throw it on the porch. I'm like, what? No one take it? And my sister like, why do you always think about stealing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean it was it was a harsh transition for 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 us, right? You didn't speak any English. It's tough for any age from thirteen to eighteen, I think. It's definitely a time where you feel very isolated. I remember learning English from the Brady Bunch, you know? I think I miss the people the most. I miss the friendship, the relationship. I, I miss the stableness. I feel so unstable. What am I going to do? All of us are in our, on our own kind of, right? We're all like young, we're all like in school. We don't have anyone's like this person gonna take care of me. You know? You still want someone to take care of you, you know? And my parents not with us. I'm with my three brothers. It's a very lonely time. You know, I just miss being in love. Well you know like how you get out of college. You on your own. You're like, okay, I'm twenty one, my parents done to care of me, I need to get a job, I need to find an apartment. But that's how I feel at 13. You don't have that stable environment. I just remember that I thought I have to become a loner because when you were in Vietnam, you have 12 kids, you have, you know also in Vietnam, there's no privacy. There's no such thing as personal privacy. So you're always surrounded here. You are always alone. And you have to find that connection. It doesn't come naturally. So you like constantly finding a friend. And you know, think about it too. I'm a girl with three boys. I can't like talk to them about things, especially Vietnamese too. We're not that open about things like that. You know, I I get kind of adopted by an American family in St. Louis. When I was in D.C. and during the summer, my sister didn't know what to do with us. You know,
1: there are four of us. One of Ying's sister, who was attending Catholic University, had a friend in college from St. Louis. That friend was going home for the summer and had eight other siblings. Her sister suggested that Ying and her younger brother go live with them to help out around the house and also to learn English for the summer
0: so we went and stayed with the family and it was it was good and when i was there i met a family just across the street they she's an editor for a book publishing house and he is a professor for washington U. she's also a professor part-time so they're you know they're very educated and In awe of my experience, when I was ready to move back to D.C., they said, why don't you let us take care of you? So I was like, I don't know if I want to. Let me think about it. And you know, San Luis is a little tougher. There's no Vietnamese. So I didn't know what to do because, you know, in one way, I'm like, I need to be with my family. In another way, I'm like, this is a big opportunity. So when I want to take care of you for three, four years. You know, I mean, it's huge. And they're going to put me in private school. And I mean, so my sister said, Ian, why don't you stay? Because Washington U is an amazing college. And you can get in there for free because they're a professor. So I stayed there. And then after school is done, I mean, I could have stayed in Washington U to go to school there, but I really wanted to be with my family, so I left.
1: So Ying moved back to the Washington, D.C. area, and she went to school at Loyola College in Baltimore, Maryland, to study engineering. By this time, the rest of Ying's family had come to America.
0: My, My sister Helen, the older sister, it's tough for her to be so successful in your own country. And come here and start again. She go into real estate. She's a broker. And she's like, Ian, you need to buy houses. So I was doing engineering. And I was like, oh, in order to make more money to buy houses, I waitress at night. So I work five days as an engineer, waitress five days at night. I think being alone with our parents, I do have this fear of, not be able to take care of myself. So after I get all these houses and I decided that actually it's not, maybe not that hard to switch
1: career because I really enjoy being in a restaurant. Ying left her engineering job only after one year of practice. She decided to try something more in the restaurant industry.
0: The restaurant where I was waitressing, I was asked to be a manager. And I thought, oh, I want to see what it's like. So that's how I learned the Russian business a little bit I like the Russian business in a way that because it's it's very nurturing right it's very Vietnamese we are very nurturing people and also it's had that energy of you know friendship and relationship and so I feel quite complete where engineering I by myself
1: after that experience, I moved to San Francisco for a year
0: so i I go from San Francisco, D.C., Santa Fe, uh, Las Vegas, New York. I went into catering, and it kind of fell in my lap in a way that I was here, I have a lot of friends, I cook for them, they bring, they bring their friends. So I have a lot of private parties, and someone came and said, you should do it for a living. You're so good at it. And I'm like, no, no, no. And then someone said, oh, I have been a birthday party. Can you, you know, do it? I pay you. And I did, and it was so much fun. It's like your own party, but more stress, because it had to be right. And people just love it, and I really like, like the rush. You know, it's like restaurant, but different. And so I decided that's what I want to do. I think I start one month and by the third four month I already do in weddings. It was it was so it comes so fast and so easy. Um I think I was just at the right place at the right time. In the beginning I do a little of Asian thing. I don't think Vietnamese is a big draw just because even now Vietnamese is like mysterious for American, if in New York. But you know, fish sauce is not like the best thing for Wedding
1: food. <laughs> <laughs> Ying's catering company is called Real Food Catering, and it has won numerous awards in the wedding industry. Her restaurant, Vangda, was opened in March 2019.
0: So I decided I'm just going to rent a restaurant and just use it as a catering. So I thought, oh, I'm going to find this space. So I find a space, and we we're there for a few years. And I'm like, why don't we do a Vietnamese restaurant? I want to represent the food that I feel like is
1: lacking. So when I saw the restaurant Vang Da, I had a feeling it was Vietnamese. But to be honest, I had no idea what it meant. And it's actually a word that most Vietnamese speakers have never even heard of.
0: It was created from the 2 hai high-ba-jung. Basically, you know, Vietnam, thousands and thousands of years, we always fight with the Chinese to keep the land because the land, Vietnam land is so valuable. We have the biggest coastline for the small little country. And at that time, as you know, coastline is most important for import, export, everything. And so we always try to keep the land and Vietnamese are feisty because I can't, I can't believe that we still have this country. I'm just like so... in. All of how strong we are. Hai Ba Trang, their father is a general and the father decided that he's okay, that he doesn't have boys. So he teach these two women to be warrior. And when the country get invaded, they have recruit women to fight. So Hai Ba Trung recruit women Find the Chinese and get the country back. How amazing is that? Vang is the word of female warrior spirit after they die.
1: She is one of the most free-spirited people I've interviewed. Her positive energy and charisma reminded me that anything's possible.
0: I think there are so many elements that influence one's life, but I think having lived and go through so much unconsciously you there's so many layers of you and you learn and you respond and you deal with things that you're not aware of i remember i'm always have nightmares about the water and the ocean and the darkness it stopped when i finished college but i think yes I become more fearless. I take more chances, believe in myself. I don't take things for granted. Never think things are permanent. I grow up and said, oh my God, I love my childhood. I love how my parents like raised us. Um, but so yes, I mean, there's a lot of positive in, in this is that I feel like I'm kinder to a lot of people don't judge people because I never know what kind of life they have. I think this experience made me really aware of who I am right now and what should I be thankful for and what do I need to do to help people who are less fortunate.
1: At the time of this interview, Vang Dao was a week away from its one year anniversary. And almost overnight, the rapid spread of COVID-19 had the governor of New York urging people to work from home and stay at home. The restaurant industry and other small businesses were starting to feel the pain as more and more people began social distancing. Unemployment started to spread, schools began to close, and parents woke up not knowing how they would feed their families. A week after this interview, as I was browsing through my Instagram feeds, I stumbled across Vangda's latest post. Dear friends and neighbors, we hope everyone is safe during this strange and crazy time. We are thinking of you and would like to invite you to come pick up some complimentary food from us. Please send us a direct message so we know to expect you. Everyone, be safe. Together, we will prevail. Signed by Yingol, owner of Vangda. Her last few words in our interview repeated again in my head. What do I need to do to help people who are less fortunate? And that's exactly what she did. If you'd like to connect with Eam, follow our Instagram or Facebook page at Vietnamese Boat People and look for details under episode 18. Until next time, stay home, stay safe, and stay resilient. I'm Tracing Win Mang, and thank you for helping us preserve history. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. And please, take a moment to rate us and provide us feedback. And if you have a story to share, contact us at stories at vietnameseboatpeople.org.